rapping on the stuff, like, especially like the, the Rhapsody album. Rhapsody's album was crazy good, man. That, jeez, Louise, man. Yeah, man, that's Black Pot, man. He's one of those MCs that I only think we, in the general public, you don't hear them say uh, top five, top ten. Like it's weird that that's he's not considered in the top. But like if you really look at his discography, if you look at his body of work, if you look at him as a whole, as a, just an MC, like there's probably one of the nicest on it. Yeah, I think the problem with them. Um and why people don't consider him is he spent maybe a little too much time rapping about rapping. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kind of get a little backstory. Um, you know, my name's Eman. Uh, I run clothing brand Pure Lux Clothing. Uh, been doing it for six years now. So how I was always doing it, you know, what I mean, I make a shirt, sell it, make a shirt, sell it. I I really didn't have a business structure to yeah. it. I just did. You know, what I mean, it was easy just to get out on the streets and see people that you know and hey, buy a hat, buy a shirt, buy a sweater. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, I never really thought about the future of it. It's a, I can talk about it, but I didn't think about what does the future actually look like for this clothing brand. Yeah. So this year after, like, you know, taking a business course, I was able to incorporate the brand, uh, really start to structure it in collection form, like dropping collections. But what do the collections mean for me? And I spent a lot of time well, wait, on When this. was the first collection? I mean, the first one that I ever dropped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, we're talking summer of 2012. Yeah, 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 summer of 2012, man. So like, it's been official for a while now. I mean... Official in people's minds because, like, you know, what I mean, you're doing something for six years, you know, what I mean, 273 caps sold, like, you know, what I mean, like, that's just one number. And I've been doing t shirts every year, yeah, jerseys, sweaters, you know, what I mean, joggers, suits. Like, I've been doing a lot of different things, so it's like the, the name was there, but I think at the end of the day, people looked at the clothing brand and said, All right, well, what's the next step? Yeah, because people always want to see what it, what is gonna. What is that going to look like? What's pure People like seeing progression. Nowadays. Exactly. Because <laughs> if my shirt, you're, you're buying it at $20 when I was first selling it, and now my shirt's at $40, it better look and feel like 40 Yeah. That's what people want to see. And they'll support it. Better be twice as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they'll support it same way. So, like, I had to really figure that out. So, that's why I've been looking around and just looking at studio spaces. I want to, like, I have my own uh, print, uh, screen printing machine. I want to buy my oh, own equipment. Okay. shit. Yeah, yeah. So, like, have that, but it's out in Toronto right now. So, I need to bring it down here. I wanted to bring, uh, buy a sewing machine. I want to be able to learn how to sew. You know, okay, yeah. really start doing things more hands-on, making this brand, really put my hands in it. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, not just making the designs myself, but like really making, like really making it, and also collabing with more artists. That's something I really believe in is, uh, in order to get further in life, you need to really talk to people that are going places and really yeah, see yeah. where they're at and what's their moves and how can you get involved with that and just keep growing as an artist, human being. Whatever you want to call it. Do you mean uh, connecting with more artists? Do you mean like visual artists or designers? I, I'm for me, I don't have a limit on what the word artist means. You know okay, mean? yeah. Because yeah. for example, like I, if, if IKEA you know, was telling me they wanted to collab on something, I'm you know I mean I'm that's collabing their new with them. Shit. They're yeah. doing that now. That's it. Like you're starting to realize now that if you're in the clothing brand. 
there's a you have a wide network of people you can collaborate with and not just in the clothing it could be the music it could be in the furniture it could be in architecture it could be in so many different areas and that's what i'm realizing just by watching people like virgil abloh and watching him do his thing i'm looking like yo like it's limitless art is is subjective but also art is is free yeah I mean, there's no way of saying this isn't art or this is art like it's everything yeah, there's yeah. a piece of art in this whole room that we're sitting in like I was looking at that little section like I told you that kitchen space I'm seeing 20 different things I would do with it right now <laughs> yeah it was a quick fun note do you know that Michael Jackson couldn't read uh, couldn't um, read or write music notes or uh, I mean I stuff? didn't know but it doesn't surprise me yeah yeah he legit had no idea how to tell you what the melodies in Billie Jean were he just heard it in his head yeah. he recorded in the tape recorder and give it to his band and his band would just play he'd be like nah bring that up okay like this like he legit made most of his tracks straight up by recording each part into a separate tape recorder yeah. and playing it for them so like Billie Jean he, he was in his car going home I'm pretty much I'm, I'll talk to my birds about this I'm pretty sure Michael Jackson had a, a, a double life and that was the magic to him because like you didn't know that other side where Billie Jean was actually probably true or Dirty Diana was actually about Diana Ross because that's a, that's some crazy shit. People didn't know that was his, one of his, his first love. I don't know. I don't, like I don't think he loved women. You know, what I mean? but you would think that. But he said it. Diana Ross was my first love. Like that's, yeah, I that. believe that. But I feel like it was probably like the mother he never he never had. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? Hey, I'm just saying. What happens if Michael Jackson was really smashing? You know what I mean? What happens if Billie Jean? Really it would blow my fucking mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. What happens if he became that person where he's saying, "Yo, like you know." Give in to me or whatever. Like, remember the time when we fell in love? Like, my man was sitting here breaking women's heart left, right, and center. That's why it, it kind of goes against the image we. He definitely created. was breaking women's hearts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when you were saying no to every girl, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> like, you know, like, no, please, Michael. Yeah, man, they love him up in Europe, though. That was crazy. Yeah. So you, that's like our period of time. Yeah. Like in the 80s, he was like killing Europe. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was like eight year old. Yeah, like he was killing Europe. They show these videos of him in like Yugoslavia. Yeah, Bucharest, like, one of those yeah, places. Like Three hundred thousand people. Crazy. It's like, what the? Fuck? Yo, ambulances were pulling in and out, pulling people out, just fainting every two seconds, fainting. Crazy. And you saw that performance my man was putting on, and he was doing that all over the world. Yeah. There will never be a star like that ever again. Yeah, man. I mean, and I don't want. I don't know, if you feel you can be that star, try. I personally just don't want it because I, I see what that does to a person. Like that yeah. was like that level of stardom was so crippling in so many ways because we saw Michael Jackson become something that no one's ever thought yeah. someone ever can be. Like you thought Elvis was something that was like the level of like he was unanimously the king of pop. And I think it like can't happen because nowadays to be a star, you have to let people into your life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so people can see you all the time. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson, you only saw him when mm-hmm. you were paying to see him yeah. on stage. You yeah. know what I mean? And he rarely did interviews. He rarely did any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And when he did an interview, you were like, yo, let me... It was an event. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get the whole family together. Boy, uh, yeah, when he did that Oprah one, jeez Louise. Like, yo, Michael and Oprah. And then after the, the, the child molestation scandal came, and then that's when it's like, yo, the vibe changed. The vibe changed right there. And that's like when you started, half of the vibe changed. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, is that you started realizing that oh, Michael was almost untouchable up until that point. 
And, and you realize this is a damaged man right here. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, we all knew that when he started looking funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he kept telling you no. He he tried to convince you that you saw things incorrectly. Yeah, like, yeah. no, my chin's always been this way. You look at the picture, you're like, damn, I guess he's right. Like, yeah. I guess he always had that button in his chin. Yeah. <laughs> when did you get into, uh, like, even the idea of making clothes? Like, did you... Was there a beginning period where you just liked fashion? Yeah, 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 man. I'm talking about a young kid. You know, Sunday at 6 o'clock, man, CFCF 12, and that shows you how old I really am when I say that. But like, like, how old are you? 33. 33, okay. Yeah, 33. I'm 34, so. Yeah, yeah, trust me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yo, um, Who was it? That's Janine, Janine Baker? Or was that? Yo, I, I couldn't tell you the name. I just remember fashion television um, yeah. would come, in, come on at 12. Yeah, yeah. And that music, like, then... Mm, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, mm. Yeah, like yeah, I just yeah. remember that song and just watching that show like half an hour just watching it straight or an hour or however long it was and just really really liking the colors and liking the like the way the commentators were just talking about it I'm like oh I really like this environment and I was mad young and then just something in high school just like even before that just sketching designs and in high yeah. school really taking it seriously at the age of 14 creating something called IB wear that was like a, my own clothing brand on paper I just would draw a bunch of designs you know what I mean that back then like that was like my thing to go to in yeah. class instead of learning I was sketching instead of you know, really paying attention or really bothering with anybody I was just drawing ideas so from that point I already knew that I was going to get involved I was never somebody like oh I need to do this right now I would just sketch and draw designs now and say at some point I'll use that later and I'm pretty sure at the end of the day because the way fashion coming back around uh, I'm going to bring back those designs man. yeah it's true that period is coming back yeah yeah, yeah trust yeah. me some, right some, around the corner some cuts man like you know what I mean a shirt cut this way with a color like that yeah man what's uh like what brands is for you first into you see the thing is I was never into um you know people like oh I like the higher end brands the Gucci's and all that yeah, I was yeah. never into that stuff for me I was really grounded in in what I saw in hip hop, what I saw yeah, my favorite artists yeah, rocking, like me you too, know, me too. I saw the Carl Kanai when I saw, like you know what I mean. I see Carl Kanai when I see uh, the Kangol hat with uh, LL Cool J rocking yeah, it. Yeah. I thought that was so fly. Right? Just looking at uh, uh, New Jack, um, um, New Jack City, just watching Nino Brown. Like to me, I liked it because his name was Brown. That was my last name, so I'm like, ooh, that, that's you know what I mean. <laughs> that could be me. To my cousin. Yeah, that's what I, I really thought so. I thought Bobby Brown was related to us because I was too young to understand how last names work. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, yo, he's related. That's our, that's our brother. My brother did see laugh at me like, nah, man. I'm still remembering like going to like, uh, can't remember what store it was. It used to be on um, Peel. Shoot, what's that story used to be on Peel and it had like Sean John Echo and all that, the uh, cut and sew Echo joints, but just buying a jacket, like $300 jacket, and just feeling nice about that. But that's the thing though, I'm, I'm wearing that for years. Yeah, yeah. I, I ain't spending all no $300 to put it away, you know what I mean, yeah. after that. That was my, my jacket. So like, just really appreciating street brands back then when they were actually street brands. And now it's like you're looking at the high end street brands, quote unquote, that are acting like they're really about that culture, like they're really about it from, from the jump. So like everyone's wearing these, you know, oh, look at these uh, Balenciagas and look, these all colorful patterns on this, and, and you're like, okay, that ain't really street though. Like, yeah, you just now your culture appropriating. And I mean, that's how it really works. You know what I mean? Like they weren't really about that. They were trying to stay away from the streets. They were trying to be so clean and cut, stay in Italy. They weren't really trying to have no one else besides them really rocking like that. But now all of a sudden, you look at the runway shows. They're looking a little bit more diverse. Yeah. The culture starting to come through. So it's like, okay, like I, I definitely like to keep it more um, grounded a little bit more of where I, where I come from. It's crazy, because you're around the same age as me. Have you noticed, like, 
because this is something that always happened, but we were never privy to it. Have you noticed how our period of fashion is like coming back around? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. like people now are kind of dressing how we did when we were like 12. Yeah, yo, <laughs> it's I, just wild. I saw that from um, when I saw ASAP and them rocking uh, those uh, big puffy jackets with yeah. the, the big pouch in the front. We just zipped them things and put it in there. Like the yeah, starter jackets yeah. and all them joints. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that and like even like back then rocking a starter jacket. Man, I remember one day I went and uh, wore my brother's jacket to school. I don't know what possessed me to do that. That was the wrong move. I put that on and I felt good for about, like, you know, the time period of recess and lunch. And then I was nervous going home because I had to figure out how to get that jacket back in the closet. I think at the end of the day that uh, he got to leave the house. <laughs> he got to wear the jacket. So I'm screwed, you know what I mean? But, like, just really appreciating these things and, and the fashion, the way it's coming right back around. It's like I, if I kept that stuff from 20 years ago. I'm in. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the fucked up part. I thought about that. It's like, man, if I would have kept all those clothes. Yeah. But then I realized that my clothes were like size 38. Yo, yeah. yeah, I met y'all. I met you guys, what, four years? I'm thinking five or four years ago, man. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out. I don't know how long. Five years? Well, when was your first uh, cannon head joint? <sighs> man, I fucking don't know. But like five years sounds right. Yeah, because it that, sounds right. It might be right because I remember that and I, I bumped that so heavy and I kept putting it online. I put my cousin onto it. I put anyone around them like, yo, nice. bump them, bump them, bump them, bump them. And I just remember because like your sound, y'all put like hip hop live instrumentation and stuff like that. And I was saying like, yo, like that that's original. That's crazy. That's great. Like this city doesn't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't. I only nice. think we fathom how to do that. Like you go to the booth, right? You go to the studio, you use a beat from someone else, and then you go to a live show, and you just press play. And you want people who just bought the album to rock with you. Yeah. On stage. At this point, they just actually played the song. Yeah. Which is crazy. They play the the song and rap over their lyrics. They're not even editing out the vocals. They're playing the same vocals. I see them Playboy Cardi just rapping, and my man would stop for about 20 seconds sometimes and let the track just play and jump in and ad-lib his own track. He's not even rapping his lyrics. He's ad-libbing his own track. Yeah, yeah, and like, I've tr- seen that too. It's crazy. Yeah, and like, I just don't understand why I would pay so much money to go to a show to watch you play the same thing that I just have on my phone. So like, if you are doing live yeah. instrumentation, there's modifications you can do to the track that's different than the original track. There's things you can do in the moment that you can't do by pressing play. So when I heard that, when you guys were doing it, I'm like, yo... Live, this shit would sound crazy. Yeah, yo. man, we spent like so long rehearsing yeah. that album. Yeah, yeah. And then we like imploded before we ever played it. Mm-hmm. Like we never played any of those songs live. Yeah. No, we did one show. But like <laughs> it, man, we just spent too long chasing something without kind of success that. It kind of like killed us. Yeah, you know what I mean, people got so demotivated. Did that ever happen to you? Yeah, I mean that happened to me with the music, man. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I, I was working on my uh, another EP, LP, whatever you want to call it, beat tape, and it was the third one at this point. Um, uh, shoot, it's called the Blind Man LP, and I had the whole idea behind this about the blind men and just how at the end of the day uh, we go through life and we just don't. We're looking and we're seeing things, but we're really not seeing anything. We're not even seeing anything past our own consciousness. What yeah. we ever we think is, is what it is, and we stop seeing things for really what it is. Like, oh, that's a chair. It's a chair. It's like, bro, that's not a chair. And you can keep telling someone that's not a chair, and they'd be like, I see a chair. Yeah. Yo, you're blind to what's really going on then at the end of the day. And I had, to, uh, I had it done since 2013. 
2013, the whole thing was ready. Yeah. Two years later, I was still like, you know what I mean? I, I just I need some work. I need some work. I work on another EP and look on another thing. Okay. And I had, had three full bodies of work done. And then I said, that's it. At this yeah. point, it was just way too much. I, I put so much effort, time into different projects. Like the other one was four separate EPs of four beats. And it was called Faithless Under Cage Kisses. Right? Had all of it ready. Had people rap on this one, all of that stuff. And it just became too much. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Because I, I, I was burnt out. I just yeah, yeah. spent two, three years at this point working on something. Like, that's your life. I can't tell you how many times I just went back and tweaked things or just yeah. listened to it over and over and tweaked this. You know what I mean? Why wasn't it done? What happened? Like, why were you still chasing it? Yo, that thing, it became bigger than me at that point. The thing, it was something where... Uh, a good way of looking at it was... It felt good, it sounded good, but I was just doubting myself that it would be anything. It just yeah. didn't feel like it would be something. Like, it's just... You start listening to other people's stuff or looking at what other people are doing, it's like, nah, but my stuff is not really at that point. But then I'm listening to it now, I'm like, yo, I should've. Yeah. I still, to this day, I could play something and be like, yeah, that, that's fresh. But like, I felt like at the end of the day, what it was is that I needed to grow past where I was at. I, I must've yeah. hit a wall of creativity, even a wall of um, expression. You know what I mean? It's a great meaning, but like when you listen to it, what could I have done better? The same thing with the clothing. It's like, I got to a point where I'm selling, it's good, but I'm hitting a wall. I'm not yeah. going to the next step. And like, even like music, clothing, I'm feeling that they're both at the same, gonna be at the same place. Like, I wanna get back into the music. The J. Cole album was really what got me into it. Oh, yeah, what? Like, what about uh, it? He was using similar beat styles from what I had in 2013. <laughs> yeah, so like, it was more of a stripped down uh, trap, very stripped down trap, um, minimal, but messaging behind it. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the blind LP, uh, blind man LP. Every track title had a meaning, and in my mind, I was rapping ideas and tracks. But I was, I'm not trying to be a rapper, so yeah. I was like, "Oh, it'd be dope if that was like that, like this." And that's why I was like, "Yo, there you go, there's that album." Like, I played it back to back uh, to my brother. I played the one track. He's like, "Yo, it's the same beat the structure." That was a 2014 beat that I did at that point. I'm like, "Yo, this is what I'm saying." Like, I, I knew I was onto something, but like, I'm doubting it because nothing sound, sounded like that at the time. Yeah. It's like, nah, the basses were heavy back then, had the kick. And I wasn't doing that. I was doing more bass as a melody. You know I, mean? I mean, unfortunately, the fact is that sometimes you could be ahead of your time even. You know what I mean? Also, yeah. like, if you would have dropped it then, just because it, like, holds up now, yeah. people may not have understood it then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I still should have just did it anyways yeah, just because, definitely. you know, it's almost like you put something there and that's it. And if people come to it five, ten years from now, they come to it, it's still there. It's yeah, them. I fully believe Now, that. if I put that now and say, yeah, I did this how many years ago, they're going to be like, all right, well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Yo, Michael, yeah, he was a different kind, man. That was a different period. Like, it's super. My man bought the freaking Paul McCartney uh yeah, the publishing. Yeah, yeah, the publishing yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. When the man gave him the idea, that's the worst thing. It's like your boy come up to you and say, yo, man, that Bitcoin joint. Yeah, man, I'm about to buy all this thing on this stock or whatever. This, You know what I mean? And the next day, you find out your boy bought all yours. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yo, and we were kicking it. We made a PYT or whatever that, that song was. Um, The Girl Is Mine or something. We made tracks together, Michael. How you going to do this to me? Album you know what I mean? That's where you start looking at like, yo, that's foul. But Michael Jackson sitting here just all nice to people. He was probably cutthroat. When he came yeah. to music and stuff, Michael said, I want it, I'm getting it. 
that's why I would love to hear a story like, yeah, Michael Jackson was all up in, like, you know, yeah, just because yeah. it make me laugh. But like, I personally just don't want to taint the image that I have in, in my mind. But oh shit, you have an untainted image of Michael Jackson. Yeah, because I don't believe none of that, that molestation what? stuff. What? How? Yeah. Uh, because I look at him as a person that legit never did grow up. He really is Peter Pan. And for him to be in the bed with kids and, and sleeping, he's looking at, like, oh, people that I don't have to impress in a way of, like, oh, look at these girls and all that stuff. But I can impress them by, look at my monkey and look at my toys and yeah, my yeah, roller coaster. Yeah. Like, these are people that genuinely like the things that I have. Or in, in so you think he was just stunted? Yeah. Like all the weird kid shit There was nothing sexual about nah, it Nah because if, if we look at something sexual about that Then you have to look at There's something sexual period That he has in him And when he's sitting there Grabbing his crotch He actually was trying to grab his crotch And not just for a dance move like, yeah. You know what I mean I have to start looking at A lot of the things that he did Outside of these things And like oh maybe he was really A sexual guy And I don't ever see that Because even his kids Like I only think we're You know, you know what I mean Was through yeah, yeah. natural creation Like you know Yeah that's the only thing that I think is just because he had a race issues and he wanted like white kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad did some damage on him. Like the only reason why I would maybe believe that this kid thing, like he never did anything, is because yeah, he seemed super asexual. Yeah, he seemed like a yeah. stunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he be fitting them them leather jeans. Like, ain't no worries, boy. <laughs> I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of Up for Discussion, a long-running comedy podcast on the Upford Network. Every week, me and my team of hilarious improvisers use audience-submitted questions to dive deep and delicious into every topic under the sun. Nothing is off-limits. The audience has full control. It's like going to an improv show, only it's in your ears, and nobody's asking to see a scene about sex toys. Hopefully. One reviewer called it an underappreciated cult classic. Another reviewer called it not a very compelling product. Go check it out and see for yourself. The Up for Discussion podcast. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold. When was the first time you made something? Oh man, that was um, a physical piece of clothing came in May 2012. Got my first order in, had uh, 73 t-shirts, a couple oh, of tank shit. tops, you know what I mean, in there. And for me, that was a big deal. Like, that was like, you know, dropping seven bills plus yeah. on clothing, buying $100 worth of business cards. And I'm like, yo, that's it. Now that I got this box, man, I'm feeling beyond. Everyone's going to buy it. Man, I had a real awakening, boy. <laughs> boy, that whole month and a half, but I was trying to get everyone to get the, you know, buy something. This really wasn't really, really working. Like, you know what I mean? I had the gear. I knew it looked good. But I wasn't connecting with the audience. I had to really stop and look at what am I missing. What was it? Yo, I'll tell you what I was missing. I was missing um, it's this weird thing. I don't. People nowadays call it clout. Really, it's what it is. It's just popularity. It's just really what it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was known, but I wasn't known for that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you make dope beats, but like your clothing, I, I don't really know you in the clothing brand like that. Like, what, what is this? You, you know what I mean? You're almost looking amateurous at this point and that's the truth that's what it looked like I didn't have no photo shoots I didn't have nothing I just put the picture up on you know what I mean on the wall take a picture it yeah. didn't feel like anything you want to get involved in so I went and I was at my work I saw one of the most popular girls there she's a manager and like I just saw everyone flocking to her I'm just watching the vibe man I went to the side to talk to her like later on in the day and I asked her like yo if I give you a couple pieces of clothing you take some pictures 
and like you know what I mean really just start talking about it at work you learn it quick then <laughs> I, I learned because after a month and something you sit that's in, influencer marketing yeah. right there I'm watching my clothing not moving and I'm watching other people rocking and buying this stuff and I'm like I need to do something I went and talked to her the same day we went to my boy's house right down the street took a couple pictures I posted that quick fast online she posted it online man next day at work yeah you got that shirt you got this ah. yo when I tell you I went from at that point like you know 65 because I had a couple people buy before that 65 to about 20 Man, I had only 20 pieces after that. And I'm talking about off-size, and I'm talking about the smalls and the stuff that I'm having trouble selling because they're the off ones. And that's when I really start to understand, oh, yo, it's really all about who you know and who really who rocks with you. Yeah. Like, I can just be me, but because she said, yeah, that's that guy, that made my name go up a little higher. Sprinkled in between, so that all that sounds good. I'm just adding a, a sample or a sound to kind of blend it together. But yeah. now I want to add an instrument. Like I did it. I worked a um, cat a few times ago, uh, and he'd be that guy I go to. So we made some good music together. Who? Uh, Jay Century. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I worked with Jay Century, and one of those guys where I'd be like, "Yo, hit me the melody like this," and he press the keys. I'm like, "Yeah, I bring it up a little bit," because I can't tell you what it is. You know what I mean? And then he's hitting it okay like that, and I come back, loop it like this, and whatever, and then boom, I put the drum together. Almost sounded like a hustle and flow, like, yo, find that beat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we he's would do. He's your geeky white guy. Yeah, yo, judge me. I mean, yeah, you, you would think so. You saw him, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, but he's a tall dude, but, like, he's definitely, like, one of the, one of the chill, geeky kind of dudes, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, never no pressure or nothing like that. That's what, I work best like that, when people are not trying to be anything that they're not. Like, if you're geeky, then that's cool with me. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if I know that you're not really like that, then I'm, I can't connect with you, right? Yeah, no, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like Be whatever you. you are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know whatever, whatever you yeah, are. Yeah, whatever you, know you, what I mean? you are. Michael's that dude, man. I was just going through a whole... Uh, so you're Michael over Prince, then? Yeah, but the only reason I'm Michael over Prince is because Michael was more my era. You know what I mean? I was yeah. born in 84, so, like... You know, Thriller came out. Like, obviously, I don't know about that, but like, Thriller was a yeah, few years. Yeah, I was born years. in '84, so I like Michael was my early childhood. Yeah. It was all Michael. Yeah, Thriller. Then that video came out, and like, I just remember my mom, like, about two, three years old. Um, that video coming on. My brother's a little older, and being scared of the part where he just turned around, his eyes all yellow, like he just hated yeah. that part and screaming. I remember that clearly. That shit like, scared me as a kid. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yo, and that's the thing is that and naturally everyone says that, but I looked at that like, oh shit, that's cool. Like that was weird. Like I was enthralled into everything that was Michael at such an early age that I liked Prince because I liked how my household environment accepted Prince. Yeah. Prince felt like he was really a pimpin'. Like yo, Prince. Yeah, <laughs> yo, he's wearing girl clothes. Man, that's Prince. I ain't girl clothes. Like, like we defended yeah. Prince anything he did because he was that guy. But like, um, man, Michael Jackson was such a big part of my life because I was yeah. a, I was a little mixed kid with curly hair. So like. Everyone would just call me Michael Jackson. Yeah, every yeah. Fucking <laughs> they didn't know no better. Yeah, you got yeah. curly hair. You Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> like all right. I was watching a thing on YouTube in 1994. My boy had to prove in court that he didn't copyright uh, this woman who made another song called Dangerous. That he didn't copyright her by legit singing parts of Smooth Criminal and Billie Jean, like showing them how he broke down each song. And proving to him them in tapes that Dangerous, the song Dangerous on the 1991 yeah. album Dangerous, was made in '85 from Smooth Criminal, from Billie Jean. He showed the comparison to how the melody came about, where it's just a slowed down version of that. It was crazy to watch that. 
he had to go to court and, and admit that he rewrote the same song. Yeah, like he's like, he's like, how many songs come from other songs? He's like he didn't want to say, but like a lot, like you know, a lot is pretty much the same that's thing. Funny. Like, yo, my man got four tracks off of one melody. That's nice. a that's good. I like that. Yeah, and that's hustling. That's it. He's like, yo, it's a good melody. Shit, yeah. we gonna flip this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's crazy to watch that. And this girl came in the court saying, like, where's your proof? He says, the only proof I got is this demo tape from 1990. Like, but didn't you say you made it in 85? Yo, they threw the case out so quickly. And you found out it's because she was a Michael Jackson stan. And she came to court in a, a revealing oh, leather yes. dress. And she just wanted to be close oh to him. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, but just when he sees me. Exactly. Yeah, that's like what you were saying. When he sees when me. She sees, when he sees this, he going to say, Michael just said hello. <laughs> Have you seen all this talk of Beyonce being a better performer than Michael Jackson? Yes, I, yeah, I heard, I heard that. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, nah. I mean, I just give a straight up nah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. it's but let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Like, are you one of the like some people don't like seeing? Icons lose, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you lose, lose their, their position. Yeah. Um. Nah, I mean, I don't. Oh, oh shit! Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, this is top of the hour. Top of the hour. Lasers. Top of the hour. That's it. That's it. All right. Okay, what we're gonna do here? This is pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, there's questions in this bowl. You're gonna grab one. I'm gonna grab one. And then we're gonna answer whatever that question is. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh, yo, yo. <laughs> I'm going first? If you want to. Yo, yo, it says Has it ever occurred to you that we live in a multiverse and there are a million iterations of you? One is a plumber, etc., etc. Uh, I can answer that. Uh, I believe this in, is. I'm very interested in this kind of stuff. So yeah, please do answer that. I, I guess my version of a multiverse is a lot different than what the uh, norm of a multiverse is. And they say about multiverse in the sense of like actual planets that exist in different universes. Okay. Um, yeah. My multiverse, in, for me, exactly, it's, it's it's a mind thing. It's something that um, we have so many iterations of ourselves created in different points in our own mind that go from point A to point Z in full succession. And like, for example, when I'm dreaming, I'm, could be my age now, or I could be 70 something, I could be 12, I could be yeah. doing this, that, that. And these things in dream form are just as real as right now. Cause yeah. you can't, you don't know the difference between a dream when you're in a dream. It's like, you can tell yourself it's a dream, but. Unless you learn the difference. Unless you learn the difference. Yeah, yeah. Like for a while in my life, I had like, trained myself to lucid dream where when you're in a dream you realize that you're in a dream that's crazy and it's the fucking most amazing thing in the world because you can control your dream mm-hmm. because you realize i'm in a dream this is all my mind i can do whatever i want yeah which like opens up the idea if you're saying that is essentially a multiverse then that exists here you know what i mean yeah you just got to figure out what it is you want you can make it happen yeah i'm gonna i say that just because it's really the idea comes from a I believe a prism yeah you know what i mean how a prism how one light can hit and that thing will break up into many versions of something that you didn't that one stream looks white 
Yeah. I think it breaks up into different colors and different shapes and all that. And like that's just off of one thing hitting this thing that looks like it's one, but it's really broken up. So like in your mind, it's like everything's compartmentalized. And that's the reason I'm like, yo, like that multiverse in itself exists here because if I'm right here, we're chilling and talking, the version of you that's going to be in my mind when I go to sleep will always change. It'll, it'll have your characteristics, but there will be differences. Like, you might not be making music. You might be doing this. You might be doing that. Yeah, like, yeah. There's weird ways of how it works. So if I want to take that in a physical form, I, I, I believe that the same thing can happen in a planetary form, like a prism where multiple versions of the same universe can exist in different ways, different facets, because... I like the idea of thinking like that. Personally, for me, I just like wondering. There's no yeah. harm in wondering what is and what isn't or saying there is something else out there for us. So now at the point that I'm at now where I'm looking at the prices because it's a lot more intricate. I mean, these are custom-made hats that we're making for the new collection, like all custom-created wool. I mean, inner, inner linings, satin inner linings. Like, we're talking about, really, I got my hands in there. I designed yeah, the yeah. whole thing. So when I'm putting that price up there, I'm showing people this is what it's at. You're really buying something that is a piece of work, piece yeah, of yeah. art, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, you got to care about it. Oh, geez, That's yeah. the first step. It's yeah, like, yeah. whatever your product is, you got to put everything into this product. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely went through a period where I didn't really see it like that, to be honest. You know what I mean, if I keep it 100. I didn't see it like that because I saw the money come in. Yeah, you know I mean, I started seeing people buying certain things for, for like, I mean, you know what I mean, if I sat there and made a design in five minutes, and that design in five minutes was selling better than the one that I was working on for months, you start realizing, all right, let me just put this cute little catchphrase yeah, on it, yeah, man. Yeah. The man, hustle I, gene comes out. Yeah, that's what started <laughs> let me happening. Flip this. And you know what? The truth is, it was cool until I started feeling a little bit empty. Yeah. I didn't really feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I, and people, I really like the sweater. I'd ask them why. I think it's a nice color. And I'm like, but that's not what I want you to say. Yeah, I want yeah. you, to, there should be something there other than the color that you really like. And that's when my boy had to really hit me up. Uh, my boy Grimjob really told me, he's like, yo, you're an artist. I've known you from, from years now. Like, you, you're an actual artist. Where's your art in this? I see, yeah. some, I see a cool a cool word, but what does that mean to you? And he was so right. From that day, I never looked back. I'm not doing anything that is cool. I'm doing when was like, this? That was uh, about, oh, about May of 2018, 2017. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, cause I put my collection down in uh, January. So it felt like reinvigorated after that. Oh, man, because yeah. just, just talking. Like, once again, I keep telling you, I keep meeting up with artists, people who just, they say something and it changes my whole perspective. I was going this way and they said that one thing that I just went like that. Yeah. A whole new way of looking at it. And that's why for Mural Fest, we went and did like, um, like bleached versions of the old collection. So, yeah, it had a cute little phrase on it, but now it was bleached in cool different ways. We brought that to Mural Fest, sold that. That's the kind of shit I like. I like yeah. things that are, you know, one-on-one kind of. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, so a lot yeah. of times, like, we just took, it was like, oh, one size of this, one size of that. So we just put a bunch of them and had the racks and, oh, yeah, yeah, I bought that. And we, the caps that I had, we did the bleached versions to all the colors. Nice. So you only had, like, one or two of those, like, two of each, let's say. So you bought that, that's you. Yeah, and, yeah. You know what I mean? You're the only really one of two people who are rocking that. So I started realizing, yo, let me get back into the art form of this, like the really like exclusivity of what the clothing brand is. Not about making a hundred pieces of one design, but really making a, a limited but really cool something you'd want to wear, and then come back again with it. Is that why you want to learn how to sew? Is it yeah, to get even even deeper into that? Deeper into it, man. Like, it's, it's, I can't even explain how much I really want to get back into just 
custom creation. Like, like I said, like I told you, I was 14. The things I was creating in my mind when I was 14 were like the dopest stuff ever. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like, yo, this is it. If I if I got this to Sean John, you know what I mean? This, this <laughs> yeah, is it for me. Like, yeah. especially if I call it I Beware, because I thought, you know, Jay-Z, one of my favorite rappers, I'm like, yo, if he sees this, like, yo, that's it. Rockerware gonna want to take this and really yeah. work it. But like, if I look at it now, maybe not. But like, in my mind, the color patterns was what really killed it. The design itself, the logos, maybe not so much. But it's how I cut the stuff and how they put the color. I put this little strip of color right here. I see a lot of clothing brands who started doing it. But like, taking a little inseam and having that color up until yeah. a certain point. You know what I mean? Once you split it in half, you can have color here, color there. Little things like that. Really getting more in tune with what it is to have a clothing brand called Pure Lux. Like, you know, everything that's happened to me really was luck. It's just, I was in the right place at the right time most of the, most of the time, man. Well, I mean, are you like a spiritual person? Uh, I always have a, pro- I have a trouble with the word spiritual. I used to say, yeah, I'm spiritual. Well, I just didn't want to explain to people what it is that I felt. But then when I heard so many people saying, yeah, I'm spiritual, and it didn't, Exactly aligned with what I felt. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't a, know. It's what a blanket <laughs> term. Yeah, it's a yeah. blanket term. I'm like, shit, I don't know what I am then. It was about 58 minutes and just watching him in court breaking down his business and all that stuff like that. Yo, they yeah. asked some dumb questions, though, to be honest. Like, she was asking questions like, How do I find this? I'm going to look this up. Uh, yeah. You put uh, Michael Jackson dangerous ca- uh, court case. Can they hear that melody? Can they hear that? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. they can hear it too. Yeah, anything we hear, everybody else hears. Jeez. They hear all the scuffles. <laughs> all you got the any breathing. new beats? Huh? Do you got any new beats? Nah, not even. Truly declare and affirm that the testimony you should give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And this under. It's not a video. No, no, it's just uh, audio. Oh, it's all audio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I just watched that while I was, like, listened to that while I was doing something else, you know? Something in the background. That's the same thing I do with, like, you know, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Man, I, I think that's, like, that's a thing of our times. I realize how much I fucking watch shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I put it on, but I never actually watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely taking in a lot of um, things, so our sensors are being overloaded with a lot yeah. of information at once. You know what I mean? But it's like I want it at this point. You know, oh, what I, mean? yeah, I yeah. need all that shit. Yeah. Truly declare and affirm that the testimony you should give in this matter now before the court shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and this under the pains and penalties of perjury. Please be seated. State your name for the record. Please spell your last name. Michael Joseph Jackson, J A C K S O N. Joseph? Yeah, that's yeah. his middle name? His dad, what? Yeah, his dad's name. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Joe. Occupation. When did Joe die? Do you know? I didn't even know Joe died. <laughs> Yo, straight up. I thought he was alive, shit, man. He, he probably is. I'm pretty sure he's alive. That's the kind of motherfucker who lives forever. Yo, but the, yo, his wrath will live forever type of thing. Exactly. Yo, you know how much money the Michael Jackson estate made since Michael died? $1.95 billion. Ooh, who, who, like, runs it? 
the Michael Jackson, them, the Michael the, Jackson's the thing. The family? Yeah, man. Oh, man. Yeah, because it's the Sony catalog, the 50% that you had of Sony catalogs is, is caking right now. So he must have left it to them in the will or something? Like he gave them his estate? No, they, they've been fighting. Okay, the estate was given, but the uh, Sony deal, he had to fight for. They had to fight for that Sony deal. That's crazy. I think he had one more album before his contract was up, and that's why the uh, This Is It tour was supposed to be the last thing under Sony. But yeah, he's been trying to get off of Sony from time. I think nine. And how many songs did you write for the day of the album that were not published? Addressing your honor relevance. Yeah, this man made over two, what, 60, 70 tracks for that album and only put out uh, nine. I wrote... Probably 60, 70 songs for the bad album that weren't published. Imagine that. And how many songs are in the Dangerous album? On 15. the album itself, yes, I think 17. Yeah, 17. And how many songs did you write for the Dangerous album but that were not released to the public? Watch this. I think 70 songs. Imagine that. What happens to songs? Joe Jackson is fucking 90 years old. What? Joe. Well, that's crazy. You got that old Negro spiritual guiding him. Yo. Yo, he's got the face of a man who will never die, though. Yeah. He, I can picture just, you know, practice. If I'm singing in practice and I look at that man and he looks at me and tells me, like, I'm hitting the wrong note. Oh. Yeah. That's some stuff you just start remembering the faces that he was giving you while he was giving you licks. Because they said he was ruthless, man. Two, three, four hour practice straight and you hit, a, you miss a note, hit you and all. Yo. Who do you like? Who are your like your peers in the city? You know what I mean? Who would you consider your peers? Man, there's too many to name to be honest with you, man. There's a lot like that popped up, right? There's so yeah, because like that's one thing that I, I, I personally I look at is like I know what competition is, and I also know what it is to learn from. Competition, because competition in Latin, I believe it means to, to come together or conspire, which is like to breathe together and to be one in a sense. It's not to be to, to crush your enemy. It's not to say yeah. I'm better than you. It's like, all right, so a good example, like I come from the Street Fighter 2 era of Super Nintendo. When my brother was playing... Ken or Ryu? Uh, I, mean, I go with Ken. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I go with Ken. <laughs> Yo, Ken's too flashy, man. I like that, man. Uh, mine is... Which parent do you most identify with? Why? Shit, I don't know. I mean, I see things in me, especially as I grow older, I see things in me from, like, both of my parents. Mm. I think as I get older, I'm starting to feel, like, more of my mom's shit. You know what I mean? Like, she was always kind of, I don't know, like, bitter. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I find myself having to like fight that shit. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm getting less and less like here for bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say I most identify with my mom at this point. What's, uh, where's the no drinking, no smoking come from? You know what? I'm just curious. I've rarely. Like I rarely find people like that anymore. You know? Yeah, the no no smoking, no drinking. Um, it's a weird thing, right? Because I remember two points in life where both smoking and drinking were factors. Um, 
one time, well, I must have been about five, maybe six, I saw root beer in the fridge, and I'm reading it. And this is the thing about me a lot of people understand is that I read things literally. Like, if it says this, it is that. I did not question. My brother back then used to tell me Snickers had pee in it because of that long string thing, which was caramel. Yeah. I didn't know that's what it was, right? He would tell me that's pee. So I would always trade with him my Snickers for O. Henry. I never questioned why he's eating it. Yeah, he yeah. just told me it's pee. I can't eat it. I didn't eat it. So a lot of times, that's why I looked at. It. I saw root beer. <laughs> that's funny. You never yeah. question why he was. Eating. No, I don't. I still like, to this no, day, this motherfucker was gross. Yeah, I just don't question if, if it is for me to simplify myself. I just say okay and I keep it moving. Yeah. So I saw the words beer. So I thought that was beer. I tasted it. I hated it. I think the, subconsciously it just turned me off to what alcohol is. Period. Yeah. That's one thing. The other thing would be like cigarettes. My mom would tell me, like, uh, I have a cold-induced asthma and whatever. I, I can't smoke. Like, yeah. I can die and stuff like that, right? So because she said that, I said, all right, don't smoke. So I don't even have a curious mind to find out what it is to smoke, what it is to drink. I can't, like, I can't even fathom it. Like, I look yeah. at it and I don't, like, no, like, for example, you see food and you're like, oh, man, I like that. I want to taste it. I don't have it. Like, I yeah. just have this way of seeing something and not having a desire for it. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I've been a, a vegetarian for six six years, or maybe seven now. It's now six. No shit. That's the natural progression. Yeah, it might be six or seven, yeah, right? So I was eating meat my whole life before that. I mean, I'm eating five hamburgers. Like, I will eat meat, eat yeah, yeah. meat. Woke up one day, had a conversation with my mom. I said, no, I don't feel like eating meat no more. I've not had a piece of meat. Stop. Cold turkey. Yeah, that's yeah. simple, and that's how my mind works, is that I just don't do it. Next step is vegan. I'm not doing that. So I finished that first season of Lasers on the Ride. Jeez, uh, that sure was a ride. <laughs> ride, ride. What is, wonder, is there a word for that? Even if I didn't intend to do it? Anyway. Uh, shit, left me with a lot, of, a lot of questions about the fundamental nature of humanity, to be honest with you. I think it may have changed my life. Uh, actually, considering the future iteration of me is on the show, hopefully it didn't change my life. <laughs> I wish there was a way to show my gratitude and, you know, maybe get some cool shit, too. Hmm. Hey there, little fella. I couldn't help but hear you rambling on and on to yourself about God knows what. But I do want to tell you that you're in luck. You just head over to patreon.com slash lasers on the ride to find out more. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash lasers on the ride. I need my poutine. I need my, my cheese pizza. Yeah, I don't eat cheese anymore, and like poutine is the one thing I miss. Yeah. God damn. That, I mean, I I'm, I'm I ain't gonna go all that. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna go all that like extreme, but like I need that. That's just because certain things like I'm already not drinking and smoking. Like, leave me at least a cheese. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a pad. We got some. We got some markers and, and crayons. Jeez, yo. Yeah, for the. Uh... The last uh, 20 minutes or so here, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to draw a self-portrait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny enough, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can definitely do that. 
Oh, nice, nice. The funny thing about me is that when I draw a self-portrait, it's You're the never... first person to, be like, say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Nah, because that's the thing, right? People, when they say I'm not an artist, it's because they're looking at what they think an art art is supposed to be or look like and what art is supposed to be in terms of what the world presented i can put a bunch of dots on this and that's a self-portrait yeah and i can explain to you what those dots mean and what this one meant compared to this one and why that shape is this way that's what is art art is whatever i don't even like to think what i draw man jay was saying something like that and i kind of agree with it to a certain extent that he likes art he prefers concept over like technical skill yeah you know what I mean where it's an idea and like it doesn't really matter how good you are at doing that like would you agree with that yeah yeah exactly there has to be something that before you even get your mind wrapped around the concept of what it should be just do it yeah yeah. like right now like I started doing that I just did a a shape yeah yeah this shape is what I feel like I'm gonna do right so if I'm gonna do this there's a reason why I do this I'm doing circles I love doing shapes when I'm drawing I don't really like doing things that, like, this is a face, that's how it's supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. I just like doing little shapes, and I'll, I'll form it. I'll form it. But I'm really just going back to, like, an old version of what I feel. Like, like I know what I'm going to draw now because I'm constantly thinking about it. Because, like, it's making me happy, so I'm drawing this face, right? But, like, if I wasn't thinking about that, I would just draw whatever I want to draw. And I'll just draw shapes and... Well, I mean, how do you feel about the, you know, like the idea of being a multidisciplinarian? You know what I mean? Like for a long time, I thought the idea of art was kind of like you're supposed to specialize in something. And this is what you do. You learn how to do this the best you possibly can. And like you stand on that. But recently, I'm kind of like opening up to the idea that no, I mean, you could do anything. Yeah, you definitely can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, um... You know when you start... Um, you know when people always go towards artists like Basquiat, right? And they're like, yeah, Basquiat, amazing. Look at his art. It's so renowned. You know, like, when he was doing his thing, no one really messed with him like that? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's much in the same concept. Like, he stuck... He stayed true to himself. He stayed true to what it is that he did in his style. And the world got to respect it. You know I mean, even if they're late to it, but they're going to respect it at some point. I wish that we respected it while he was still here. That's why it's great that P. Diddy bought that painting there from that black artist for yeah, $21 million. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that was the first time I ever heard of that motherfucker. Yeah. And I like his shit's actually dope. Yeah, that's it. So like, But I mean, how many artists nowadays are willing to die with their art? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, Like, no. If a lot of people spent their whole life specializing in something making the best art they possibly could and yeah. it never it, their own thing like this, I'm gonna make something unique that's mine and they die and it never happens yeah. <laughs> you disappear yeah, like I don't know how many people nowadays are willing to die for art jeez boy he, he beat the the sexual sexual nature out of him boy yeah. took all of that like, out he Fuck this guy up, yeah. man. Like, the rest were good because they were older. They had time, you know what I mean, to go past it. But Michael being five, six, really getting in the music scene, and like, well, not music scene, but just music, and pulling out uh, the first track at nine, ten years old. Well, I saw this thing that Prodigy, the rapper, said. He, he said that jail was great for him because it made him grow up. Mm-hmm. And he had this theory where when you get famous, 
you're that age forever. Yeah. So like he was 17 when he got signed so he just stayed a 17 year old yeah. you know what I mean you don't yeah. grow up everything That's is it. given to you you get to do whatever the fuck you want like yeah. you're a kid Michael Jackson that means he's like he's like seven yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean he's seven forever but that's why when he shows you look at this little pet monkey that I got like he thinks it's the coolest shit yeah. in the world like I got a pet monkey to like, be fair that shit was cool yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Generally, yeah. Yeah, they break it whole down. Kind of process you go through. Well, usually when I write songs, I I get it. Um, I I vocally, I orally use a melody into a tape recorder. And for instance, with the song Streetwalker, which has a driving. Man, have you ever heard the demo? To don't stop till you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's fucking amazing. Uh, it was called um, um, okay, don't stop till you get enough. But it originally it was keep on with the. F- it wasn't keep on with the force. It was keep on with something. Don't stop. Yeah, I don't, don't stop. I don't remember. Yeah, because they used the force because like I think it was like Jedi like that during that time yeah, where it was yeah, cool yeah. to say the word force. It was Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like. Just like even the the, the, the yeah. instrumentation, like okay, Tito with the chimes and the ding, 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 and stuff like that, like yo, the breaking down of it. Yeah, yeah, yo. It's all like Randy Jackson, I think. He was playing like all the instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could just feel it though, like, and like it, it was a little, it was speed up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like just the process of them recording that. Yeah. And to get to what we got to on wax, it's like yo. I just want to know what take it was that they did where like that's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the money right there. You know, because it's not broken down a computer form now. Like if it hit, hit the hit that melody, that it had to be there. Like it yeah. was there or it wasn't yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, it's like, a one take, yeah. one take. Like let's do it straight because Michael Michael's singing right now. Okay, uh, yeah. for instance, uh, when creating the song uh, Billie Jean, Watch. I was writing in my car and it started with the bass hook again, which goes. Beatbox in that show. And on top of that, I hear the chord. Then the melody, she was more like a beauty queen from a movie scene. I said, oh mother, do you mean I am one? And the lyrics, the strings, the chords, everything comes at that moment like a gift that is put right into your head. Yeah, he could, yeah. he sent a fucking grace Yo, I right know, there. yo. What? I'm, I'm in court as a juror and I'm getting a free concert. Yeah. <laughs> yo, let's go again. Throw this out. You know? Yo, this man's saying that it, it comes to me like a gift. I drove fast home and I got the microphone and put things down. Then I went into the studio, got the magicians over and gave them all their parts. You see what I mean? And that's how, I mean, that's how uh, that was created. Imagine Same that. thing with, you know, other songs that I create. Yeah, let me finish that up real quick because I didn't do the eyes yet. This is your favorite member of Bone Thugs? Uh, funny enough, um, I really like Busy. Ooh. I really yeah. like Busy Bone because Busy just got this, this swag to him and his verses and his voice. It's like, kind of like high pitched, but like he really is aggressive when his mannerisms, like in the videos and stuff. But I like Lazy because Lazy just. Oh, shit. Lazy smooth. Lazy. Yeah, he's smooth and he reminds me of my brother, though. You look a lot like him still. I used to remember that. Yeah, back then. 
labels were trying to pull busy from the group they were like you could be a solo star yeah yeah and i was like fuck that yeah now nah, i'm bone for life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo he's a real one yo so like what is it you want to do where's this uh clothing label go like what's the future what's the plans oh the future um so the collection i've been working on since december 2017 it was originally called the vulnerable hero collection and I had a whole idea behind it. Um, it was really just speaking about the youth, you know what I mean, being, uh, they're really, like, I feel like as we're young, we want to be heroes, we want to be superheroes, we want to be Batman, Superman, we want to be all the things that like, we see on TV, and we have no way of in our mind of knowing that that probably wouldn't happen. Like, we just believe in it. I can fly, I can run fast like the Flash. And they're running so quick down the street, they turn around to their parents, and their parents are like, yeah, you're so fast. In their mind, they just went, around them 10 times <laughs> and that's what they believe but they're also so vulnerable because you can they can do that run and then you can say boy you ain't fast you didn't go nowhere that crushes them they're no longer heroes anymore they no longer feel they can do anything and that's how I started viewing it like it starts from so young of people feeling like they can do anything and society telling you you can't no you can't be that you can't do that as a black kid in the growing up in the projects oh, I want to be a police officer if I said that to people they'd be like nah we don't like police around here police dumb police no, nah, I don't want to be a police officer. Yeah. But police officer, in my mind, is we help and we protect people like they're yeah. working good. So now, all of a sudden, the image I have for them is not the same. So it's like you start realizing that, yeah, the society, we got to protect the young. We got to protect them at the youngest point growing forward, like 7 years old, 14 years old, 21. Up until whatever age, we have to start doing better to give people positive influences and affirmations that they can do it. I had that whole title, had the whole backing behind it, but I just felt that in the clothing business there was an overusage of the word hero, and me just adding the word vulnerable didn't really change much of the collection. So I was really feeling crappy about that. I just saw it, I saw it like four times in one day, different heroes, and I was like, yo, I feel like trash right now, right? I just feel like trash. What have I done? Yeah, and I, started, I just felt like trash, and then I'm like, yo, you know what? My whole brand is, is just pure, like, you know what I mean? So I just called it pure trash. And I started saying, yo, yo, pure trash, pure trash. And people started liking it. They're that shit's like, sketchy. Yeah, but exactly. I'll give you that. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, so you that think something's sketchy. You say something's pure trash, you're like, what is pure trash? Like, if something's trash, it's something that's wasted. If we throw it away, it's not worth anything. But there's a purity to it. It's like, wait, that, that means it's good? Is it a good trash? And then you start realizing that we, we, all we do is use trash today. We're, we're recycling our trash. We're, we, we're teaching people to find new meaning to things. We're yeah, yeah. vintage. Like, we thought that fashion wasn't coming back and it was trash. People are reinvigorating fashion from old things. You start realizing that what was someone's trash is someone's treasure. Yeah, yeah. That's why I call it the pure trash collection. And it's giving back to the communities not much in the same way that Vulnerable Heroes was. Really just telling people that find the beauty in something that you might think that it ain't worth something or someone else might say isn't cool. Uh, that's not hip. That's not, that's not fire. Yeah, yeah. And you find it for yourself. And like even in the initiative that I have with the clothing brand is to give back to uh, young organizations or just businesses that are doing things to help the community. So like 10% of the profits will be going towards uh, Desta Black Youth Network. I've been involved with them for seven years now. And they really helped turn my life around. Like I would not be here today if it wasn't for them. Have you ever drawn a self-portrait? I, uh, I think I have before. Yeah. I can't remember when it was, um, or for what. I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, yeah, I've drawn, I've drawn a few things. I used to really take this seriously, uh, drawing before. Yeah. In uh, what way? Uh, 
so growing up, basically from two and a half till twenties, uh, I made. I was basically I was in the CDI college. I was doing first programming, computer programming, then computer okay. networking, and like you know, what I mean, I was really into that idea, like just computers and you know and how it works, just really working on stuff, like anything involved in tech. But during that, I was drawing a lot of caricatures. Yeah, and uh, I started working on the comic strip. You know what I mean? Called the Five One Four, and it was really it was loosely based on my high school uh, days and just everyone involved in my life at that time. So I made characters loosely based off of them, or just my versions of them that I wanted to create. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Hang around with primarily African American men. Like I know what I mean. I'll, my friend, you know what I mean? He got slanty eyes. I'm gonna make him Asian in my comic, or this one's like that. I'm, you know what I mean? Change up his ethnicity yeah, yeah. or her. And I just started drawing that and making. And that's why even I draw a self-portrait, the thing that's funny to me is that there's always a similarity with every character I draw of myself is the hair is wild and <laughs> just always flared. It's always doing something. It's yeah, always yeah. floating. And um, I'm always drawing myself in a bigger form. So like that's something I always realized that, is that I truly identify myself as just a, a thicker dude. So like when I lost weight and I was like about 160, 70 pounds. Oh shit! When yeah. did you do this? I was uh, last year. I was uh, about 170. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was shit. 170 for like uh, two years about, but like up to last year I was 170. And oh no no okay I thought you said you lost 170. No 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 pounds. I was, I was 170. Like, what the? Fuck? No no definitely not. Just imagine. <laughs> okay. Like I, it was cool, you know what I mean? But like I didn't identify with that. Like I yeah. didn't feel like it's me when I was that size. You know, people were commenting it, like it and all that, but then I'm like, nah. It's like now I'm bigger. I'm like back at 217, going 220. And uh, health wise, like, you know what I mean? I had to watch out, went to the doctor, I got to make yeah. sure everything's straight. But like, I like bigger me. I just feel comfortable. I like it. I feel good. Shit. Um, man, that's dope. I identify with that. <laughs> okay, so, like, yeah. even with this self portrait, it's like the bigger version of me. And this is me thinking just of an image and saying, yeah. oh yeah, I want to drive me. Okay. Well, chunky. Yeah, yeah. And so I identify it. So, like, I was talking to this girl one day, uh, a couple of days ago, and she's like, Yeah, it's harder for women to wait. Like, men, it's cool if you're bigger because, like, no one cares. And I'm be like, Nah. Like, we care about weight because yeah, we course. think y'all care about weight. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, when we see, like, it's the same thing we deal with what you deal with. Like, you see a guy walking on the street with no shirt on. As a bigger dude, we don't feel we can do that because it's not the norm. But now, I, shit, I want to wear button ups with open shirts. Like, this, like, yo, I'm 33. Why am I being a, a, a afraid of something like that that I want to yeah, do? Yeah. Nah, shoot, it's hot. I don't want to be wearing a shirt all day. Shoot, yeah. I'm about to, like, you know what I mean? You're about to see these curls. Like, no, <laughs> chest hair about to be in full effect. You, you ain't going to, you know, body shame me. I said that to a girl the other day, and she's laughing. Like, how are you using body shaming? I'm like, that's my word now. Y'all ain't going to body shame me and making me wear t-shirts Yo, all summer. Yo, body shame is genderless. Yeah, that's that it. That's genderless. Y'all can't claim that one just because nah, you're using nah. it all so often. <laughs> Who wrote the uh, Yo. lyrics to the... Your song, Dangerous. I wrote the lyrics to Dangerous. Yeah. Did anyone, anyone... Was Dangerous your first Michael Jackson album? That was like the first one that I was like old enough to like myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Old enough to like myself. Just because I, I'm heavy into the New Jack Swing. I love the New Jack Swing yeah. era. Like, it's just so clean. It, it's it's so hip-hop. Teddy Riley, and so, man. Yeah, he was all over, man. Teddy Riley was all it's over. It's fucked up. It's crazy that Teddy Riley produced a Michael Jackson album. You yeah. know what I mean? People don't talk about that. Yeah. Yo, he was, like, you heard it and you felt it. And Michael Jackson went and sought him out. Yeah, He said, like, exactly. I need some of that new hip-hop feel, that funk. I need something that's going to, like, be part of that time. And they went, he went to Teddy. 
on that joint. What year did you say it was? 91? 91, yeah, that album came out in 91. So that's the one that I constantly remember. I remember the Pepsi commercial. Like, I remember this, the little things happening during that time. Yeah. But like I really like. He was them. fucking around with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin was huge. Yo, Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, Home Alone Two, uh, The Good Son, like yo, Home, yo, uh, My Girl. There's so many Macaulay Culkin movies. Yeah, I was just, I was involved in, man. I had a friend that was bad like him, man. This evil-minded in that movie, The Good, the good Son. The Good Son, yeah. Oh man, he was bad to them. That's, was it Seth Green, the other kid? Who's the other kid? I don't even remember like that. Yo, now I have a flashback of my friend putting thumbtacks and a piece of bread for the birds oh, to eat. No. He was evil like That's that, man. Fucked up, man. Putting salt, uh, salt That's in dangerous. the water of a water gun and spraying kids in the eyes with it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he like so like after that movie, he he started to turn. Like you see what I'm saying? Like you gotta watch what movies Damn. show kids at a young age because they it will turn them. Oh, you need to watch your kids. Yeah. <laughs> that kid needs to be watched by his parents, yo, man. Yo, but- I mean, like, yeah. back then, you used to have the chain, and you used to have jewelry, and like, cause we wanted to look like the people we saw on TV. But, like, the outlet made, was, made us a, was a target. Like, every time you go outside, you're just watching, and they're watching you. Like, my boy, like, legit was outside the club when he was, like, 19, and dude just went and snatched his chain, and he went, he went to go do something. He held the gun to him like this, like, yo, don't do that. Yeah. And, like, and that's because he had that on, and it's like, yo, if you're not able to live that life and protect yourself from that, you got to kind of watch the steps. Because most people who had those chains on rap, rappers aren't standing alone out, outside of a club. No, no, they're making sure that they got that. They're, they're in and out. Yeah. You know, I mean, Playboy Cardi, he, just yesterday, he went to a club Privé, and he had an entourage, and they went straight. They didn't get out the car until the owner came and said, all right, we're good, and then escorted him in, did his thing for 30 minutes. Oh, shit, like and the then, president? Boom. But that's why it is now, because at the end of the day, I don't know this city. I don't know you like that. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to act like I'm something. You know I got it. Like, I don't... I'm not one for, uh, you know, uh, what is it, uh, what's the word, posturing, I guess, yeah. but there is something to be said that at one point in time, if you were going to be kind of a tough guy, yeah. you at least had to, yeah. you know, you had to do it. Yeah, yeah, you like, definitely had to. If you're going to Montreal, like, you get out of that car and you walk in, you yeah, know what I mean? exactly. Like, but he's a, he's a little kid, you know what I mean? He ain't really like true. that. Yeah, I mean, a lot sure. of these people aren't really like that. Like, especially you saw that uh, Lil Uzi, uh, Rich the Kid uh, pull-up <laughs> yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, Yo, how you go pull Mexican up? Mexican standoff. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the man pulls up with his belly exposed, <laughs> just showing his belly, asking him what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even him who, 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 who swung the punch in, in uh, Starbucks. Man hopped behind the, uh, the counter of Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, it's it, true. But, like, it's just, it was just weird because it's like you saw them do that. And you saw Rich the Kid look at the camera beside him and then still maintain his image. Like, it looks, it felt so staged. Like, you're going to pull up on someone, there ain't really no talking. Yeah. You, you pull up, you do something about that. Hi, I'm Tefera Jemian, one of the hosts of Yeah, a podcast on the Upford Network. We're talking about young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what the YA genre can teach us at any age. Join me and my co-host, Hannah Bailey, as we talk about friendships, dating, family relationships, sexuality, experiences of queerness, body politics, and more through the lens of our favorite YA novels, as well as books we're just discovering. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. And my question is, like, why'd they stop recording in between that and that? You know what uh, I mean? These are all Snapchat things. 
Oh, yeah, man. yeah. So what happened was, so someone sna one Snapchat angle from here, the other one from okay. here, another per like, and that's where it is. It's like there's probably more angles, but they didn't hit the level. Like we already saw enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw these two that's clean the angles. That's the best part, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> like, all right, you got the best one. That like, you one that gets the uh, the tag on the top. Like the rest of you are sitting here. Oh, like you know, what I mean, you gotta tell your friends about it. But like, it's crazy. Like this is this is the level that we're at right now. And that's what like interesting about beef and how beef works. Um, it's not the same as it was before. You know what I mean? Because, for example, if that punch happened 15, 20 years ago, we'd have to wait for a hip-hop magazine like The Source or somebody to identify that it happened. Yeah. At that point, you already had enough time to do whatever, to change it up and all that, glorify or whatever, and that's what you got. Now, the story is what it is. It's like, it's put out there, and we saw what happened, you punk. Yeah. Yeah, you push for that. And then that's it. And it's just so much quicker, and I, I liked it better when it was kind of like given to me as a meal, like presented on to me on a plate properly, so I can digest it. Not like here's your burger and you shoot it in front of me. I'm like I don't really want it like that. Like yeah, they're not even giving you the burger; they're just throwing the yeah. ingredients at you one by one. Yeah, <laughs> like, here's you put, your tomatoes. Yeah, you put it together. So I think there's yeah. a beef that happened here, and maybe, and I think he punched him based on his angle. That wasn't like that. Like you know what I mean? Like back when like Sticky Fingers and them and Onyx, like when they get into altercations. It was like, oh shit! You heard about it based on these magazines because they're looking for it, and they gotta write that article up yeah. and present it. And yeah, like it was like, a little slower. It's like you know, what I mean, it's not so microwaved, you know. To be fair, though, there is something to be said for the idea that back then, whatever was written was the gospel, and like it made things sound so big. But now, like imagine Rich the Kid and Lil Uzi got into something in like '95. This would have been oh. blown up into the biggest shit. Oh yeah, they but were like, good. This is what it really looked like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like oh, he, he got he got pushed. Yeah, that was nothing. Yeah, yeah, he got pushed <laughs> and he went over the counter and stood there like okay. Yeah, it was like, like and he got punched and he flew over and, yeah. and that, like I just like a presentation personally. I just like to read things that are presented in a certain way and it doesn't necessarily need to be true in that sense. But I just I just give it to me a little bit more polished. Yeah, yeah. Just because uh, it was the same thing with. Um, like, for example, like uh, Tupac and Biggie, with the hit him up. We all heard rumors about Tupac and, and, uh, and Biggie's wife, uh, Faith. Yeah. We heard the rumors, stuff like that. But when he said it in the track, the only, I, I'm, I'm still saying the only real good part about hit him up is that line. Like That's all people yeah. remember about that shit. Because that's all there is to remember, yeah. really. Because yeah. like, the other boys rapping is like, you ain't really at that level to rap and diss no one. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's the same thing with Easy and Dr. Dre, when like... Easy had his other boys dissing Dre. It's like, who are you to diss Dre? But when Snoop was dissing Easy, it made sense because Snoop was that he was coming up. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, Snoop. I mean, he's a featured player. You know, what I mean? yeah. he's a starter. Yeah, these exactly. other guys are bench guys. That's <laughs> so it. So like, why how are you dissing Dre? Dre put on hits on his. Yo, he was feeding Easy. Like you, I mean, you you don't have that relationship with Dre. Yeah. So it felt a little weird, but like you know, <laughs> yo, I still remember that. I remember that era too. Like that was a great era of hip hop for me, man. It's real talk, you know. Went to go put on a shirt, cause I was sweating. I was so hot, I had a hoodie and a t-shirt on at my friend's house, and I'm like, yo, it's dying of heat. Y'all ain't hot? They're like, nah. And the girl's like, yo, I'll give you a shirt. So I'm like, oh, thanks. And the next girl's like, oh, you're going to change right here? And I'm like, yeah, what's the problem? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. But I'm supposed to go into their room, like, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like, wait, you don't like, like... You know what I mean? I'm supposed to feel a way. Like, if you were going to get changed, I would tell you straight, get changed. It's like, I'm not sexualizing you because you're putting on a, a piece of clothing. So I'm getting changed right here. Y'all going to appreciate this. Like, if you want to look, look. But, like, I just made a joke out of it. And then I was just like, it's comfortable. But, like, I realized her first initial reaction was just, like, a shock of, you're going to get changed here. Not yeah, the, the yeah. weight thing, but just in the aspect of, 
you know what I mean? Oh, it's privacy. Now I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, nah, man, I'm about to show this. Nah, man, no, no more. No more of this, man. No more just trying to hide and acting like... Yeah, it's dope. You know? How'd you get there? The weight-wise? No, no, just, like, so fucking confident in it, you know what I mean? Oh, it's because I realized that when I was younger, I was always comfortable and confident. We have older brothers. What they're doing is when I'm... When I'm about seven, eight years old, I go to the doctor. The doctor says, no, it's okay. Let him eat. He's just big boned, right? Yeah. And I'm not looking at that as being a problem. My mom was just being concerned. But I get home and my brothers will go at home and like, oh, yeah, joke with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, big man? What's up, big man? They call you big man. Okay, now <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm feeling like a grown man, right? Hey, what's up, big man? All right, run. Let's run. Let's run. And I'm fast. I'm running fast. Like, yo, you're so fast for your ear. Yo, you mean you're big. You're still fast. Now, any teasing that any kid on the block would do, to me, I'd be like, nah, my brother said I'm fast for my size. My brother says I'm a big man. I'm not looking at anything that you're saying, and it's not affecting me. Yeah, yeah. So I already knew from a young age that my size isn't the problem. But now you start thinking that when you get older, 14, 15, 16, the girls are looking at the LL Cool J's on their yeah, wall and all that, and the people are like, okay, they got muscles, and now my size is not comfortable. It's not cool. But then I didn't realize at the end of the day, man, when you're sitting here chilling with a girl, and, and, you, and that's your girl, she she likes she really appreciates you for you. Yeah, yeah. So if I don't appreciate me for me before she gets to that point, then what the hell am I doing? I got to start doing that before I meet someone, before we even get to that point or anything. Just appreciating me for who I am, my size, and what I'm about. And then when I meet someone, this is what it is. Either you like it or you don't like it. Yeah, And yeah. I'm guaranteeing you that there haven't been one person that said to me, yeah, but you're a little bit too big. Not one person that stopped talking to me, been a friend to me, or anything because I'm too big. So yeah. I'm not going to start shaming myself and not going to like... I am not okay with what you know what I got. How are you doing with the portrait? Oh, I've been done. Oh, yeah, yeah, been done. All right, well, let's fucking pull it out. Yeah, just 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 adding lines and stuff. But like, I try to keep it as simple as possible, just because, like, you know what I mean? Oh shit! So like, what I do yeah. a lot of the time is like little concepts. Like, I just know from time. It's like I draw certain kind of round shaped eyes. I, eyelashes are long because I know mine are long, so I draw long eyelashes. Very fluffy, furry-shaped eyebrows because mine's are fluffy. My hair is just crazy because my hair never has a structure. It's like it grows really weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just the mixed blood and stuff that's in, it, in me. But like even like the mustache, like a little pencil mustache. I always like that, like a pencil mustache <laughs> and no real facial hair, just a chunky cheeks and big hair. And like, you know what I mean? I just have this thing that when I draw, like I've he, this has been the basis for all of my characters ever since uh, I was young. Yeah, so I've yeah. always drawn a similar version to this person. And if I had pictures, like, I can put them all back to back and you'd be like, yeah, it's the same style or ideas, same things, but just versions of it, like a different art style. Nice. So, it's fucking good, though. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it, man. I try to draw as fast as possible. I'll try to do that in five minutes. I, I like to count five and do a sketch in five minutes. And oh, I... And I I do that with beats. I try to do yeah. like 15 minute beats. Yeah. And I stop after 15 minutes. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to set uh, goals or even time limits just so you um, have something to judge it off of. Like, if I say I made a beat in 15 and this is how it sounds like, if I add an extra five, what, would it, what could it be? But I don't like to overdo it in the sense where I act like, oh, if I did an extra 15 and extra this and that, because now it is the end of, it's almost like overcooking your food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if it only takes 15 minutes to make pasta, like an extra five, you kind of like, you know, watch out a bit. Like you yeah, might get yeah. a little soggy noodles. So like there's factors that come into play why you might need the extra five. If you add more noodles, you might I like it. I like treating it like push-ups before playing a basketball game. Mm. Like I do it 
once in the beginning of the day when I'm starting to make music, I make yeah. a quick 50-minute beat. And then after that, I make whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to, like, get me thinking creatively. Yeah. It fucking works, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some, so some tracks, man, we work on that for hours. And some of them, we just do it quick, fast. It all depends on how you feel, though. Like, But if I set it in my mind that I'm only doing 15, I have to abide by that law that I set. That way, it's like, this is the word of law. Like, this is what it is. Yeah, 15 yeah. for this one. If I want to do no time limit for the next one, it's no time limit for the next one. But that 15 minute one got to be 15. Which leads up to the chorus. And it goes, the chorus dun, 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 dun. I never knew that I was falling in line. Come with me, said I had time. Marie makes this. You know? <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> said it, he's like uh, dun, 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 dun. That's, that's the melody he said that he used for it was the same one from uh, Billie Jean dun, mm, that's crazy man I know. I hear you sing again. <laughs> you know damn well which one it is. <laughs> See? This is his demo? Yeah. It was dangerous before Teddy Riley reworked it. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You give it to Teddy Riley. Said, "Yo, rework this track for me." Add a new Jack swing to it. It's more like a Prince song. Yeah. Before that's why he said he didn't like it. He's like, "There's something that was missing that he yeah. had that recorded so long ago and just brought it out in 1991." Like straight out, it sounds like a Prince song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was trying to get away from the Prince uh, idea. Something about that boy. Like I enjoyed it I'm not like Nostalgic about it though 
Oh, yeah, yeah, not like that? No, no. Like, even back then, I was always kind of looking towards the future. Like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Like, that never changes. Like, I still can't wait to see what happens next. Trust you me. know what I mean? Nah, man, that, I think that because, um, I guess what it is is that I grew up more uh, secluded, right? Like, I had a bunch of brothers and moms, stuff like that. But, like, I didn't really feel like I identified with them to that degree. So I always looked towards something else. So, like, the television, the music videos, like, that was something I just watched. Music videos, listened to albums or whatever that my brothers had really in, in my own space. So, I like, people, like I said, like, Bobby Brown, like, I looked up to Bobby Brown, like, watching his dance moves, everything. <laughs> or, like, if, like, when Easy e and all of them and N.W.A., watching how my brothers started to change their, their, their get-up, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And wearing the Los Angeles hats and More stuff like that. coming out. Ooh, man, yeah, boy, that leather jacket and all that. Like, these guys were really, like, they are really, like, represent, like, they represented. How much them. older than you are, then? Um, my eldest brother, I found 33, he's 47. So 47, oh, 44. Yeah. 14 years? Yeah, 47, 44, 36. Then it was me, then I have a younger brother. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? If I'm, if I'm three years old, you know what I mean? After that, I have my brother six. But then we have a 13-year-old brother and a 16-year-old brother. So when I'm three, when I'm saying like Michael Jackson, that's because that's what they were talking about and playing. Like, yeah, yeah. They switched up their style to that, like whatever. So when I say Easy e in them, and I'm talking about 89, 90, 91. So that's me being six, seven, eight years old. That's 16, 17, 18, 20, uh, 19, 20, 21. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm watching that direct influence of them to my brother saying, oh, I want to be like that. I yeah, want to yeah. do that. So it's like, yo, it's coming straight out of Compton. And I'm like, oh, I want to come straight out of something. Like, yo, come straight <laughs> out of my... But I'm, I, think I'm, I sit there and talk about that stuff. Like, I understand, like, I, I love every era of hip-hop. I, mean, I don't look at it like... This era is better than that. Yeah, I just per yeah. I preference certain things. Yeah, like, you know that's what I mean? fair enough. Like, yeah, yeah. Cause like this shit was your taste. You yeah. Know? Like I, I love uh, a Fifty Cent era just as much as I love a Big Pun, Biggie to a freaking Wu Tang to a, like a Outcast to a, any kind of era. Bone Thugs was one of my favorite groups. Like Bone Thugs to yeah, this day, I'm still rocking with. Like you know what I mean? I, I don't even like weed, and I still I love the weed song. <laughs> I love that thing. Buddha Lover. I'm sitting here listening like yo weed song all that stuff and like I personally like weed music just because it's so mellow and chill and it's really melodic but I don't smoke but I just love how it feels like it's like it's a different kind of sound and I just love music personally man <laughs> that's dope though yeah, that's why so you like getting to the high state through straight up the music yeah I like getting to the high state through any means ne necessary I mean without uh, recreational drugs but like things make me happy and when I'm happy I feel like you know what I mean I just feel euphoric I just feel you know, amazed by things. Like, the little things make me feel good. I'm like, yo, I love this. Oh, this is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, if it's not 15, then I, I I lose track of what it is. It's almost like that time where you're like, all right, just one more bite. Just one more bite. When you start doing that, it affects so many other aspects of your life because you start saying just one more of everything. Oh, okay, just one. Oh, shit. Think about yeah, it. Like, you just open the doors to it. Well, it's, it's, it's true because like, I can relate that to... Um, a lot of time like infidelity like infidelity exists because a lot of times we don't communicate our wants and desires especially to, uh, not only to our partner but to ourselves. right we don't vocalize what it is that we really want and that's why I'm, I'm very much of an advocate of just being open from day one about my wants and desires with whoever I'm with I've never talking. thought of it that way but that feels yeah. very fucking astute yeah <laughs> that yeah, feels right man it's one of those things because like I realized that, that for now five six years now that's been my concept but just being open and honest to any person that I meet of what my situation is so like even like uh, my girl that I'm with now it's been about two and a half years she came in knowing my situation of how I am 
and she's still here now because every day we communicate about something like it could be the smallest thing like yo i really liked how that that person looked or i really liked their energy and then we communicate what that energy yeah, yeah. actually was and what it meant for her what it meant for me and when we do that it's almost like we've already satisfied the desire at that point because now i don't have to sit here and fester in my mind as a secret of oh that girl looks hot oh man i like that energy <laughs> i can't talk about this i, I want to pursue it maybe because uh, i want to know what it is yeah i don't have anyone to reflect it off of because it's only for me it's only me in my head doing this thing yeah yeah so now when i'm going to meet her on on, on the ones and twos and we're talking and then that's when desires and stuff start to manifest but it's also a betrayal happening because you're not really being open about what your situation is like now after you know a couple of days of chilling she has to be out of a girl but you don't want that feeling to stop because you already now so comfortable with it that you say no i don't now you go further into, into that and next thing you know you're saying all right i want to get with you so you get with that person and you say to yourself it's just one time yeah yeah but then you see her again just one more time <laughs> just one more time and that keeps happening and even when you get found out or you get caught or you tell her what it is because you've been able to create the just one more time mentality you can do it again you can start that again though just one more time because you know why it exists in food it exists in clothing it exists in everything that we do of having more than one Think about it. We all have more than one pair of shoes. We have more than one pair of pants, jacket. Everything that we have is more than one. It's about this, this is about us right now when we're, when we're doing this radio station yeah, yeah. and when we're doing this podcast. Whoa. It's about us and what we're creating and the connection and even just the conversation. If, if you ask me a question like, yo, so like, what's pure luck? And I'd be like, it's clothing. And I sit down like this. This shit going to end in about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I think it's a wrap. But it's flowing because we're just communicating. And you're putting it out there, and then you're putting it on MP3, MP4, whatever, and you're putting it out there for the world to, to get a part of. And that's what it's all about. That's why I told you about artists and connecting. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm about doing. When it's all said and done, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm being able to reach as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's as good as time as any to end this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trust me. Thanks for doing this shit. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you ended, though. That's why usually you just drop the mic, but like this one's on the stand. He's gotta push it over. <laughs>